Hola, amor. Hola, cariño. Y bienvenidos a Uy, qué horror. A Latinx horror movie podcast with Johnny and Eileen. I'm Johnny. And I'm Eileen. Hi. Hello. Look, listen. <laughs> Wait. Mira. I know, I know that you're desperate to just immediately let everybody know that we are in <laughs> no you want to let everybody know that we are in the pit of despair because we don't understand what is going on we're coming in hot yeah, yet again with the most confused if i love incest johnny loves a mind fuck <laughs> yeah apparently that's my thing i just love to be confused as all hell it's just too much also i don't actually love incest guys please don't no, no. believe that If you're listeners of the pod, you know what we mean. <laughs> Incest fucking sucks. Don't do it. Yeah, yeah, don't do it. Pero el Jonathan le encanta encontrar las películas que you're just like, well, I need to use every last neuron I have. And to be honest, I don't have that many left over. I look, the last movie that I cut, I thank God we had a Mata Negra in between mm -hmm. um, Historia del Oculto and this one, because that one was a lovely reprieve. Yes. Just mystical, fantastical, delightful. Pero I used all the neurons on Historia del Oculto. They're they're still there. By the way, before we walk away from Historia del Oculto being unbelievably just mind boggling. And great. And great. And great. You know? We've mm -hmm. gotten such a great response from oh that episode. Uh, lots of people have emailed us giving us like different things. I just want to give some shout outs about. Historia del Oculto emails. Our lovely friend Chloe sent us an email saying she really enjoyed the episode, episode, el episode <laughs> of, how, of Historia del Oculto. And she said uh, it made me think of the book The House of Leaves. Mm. Both are about a house that has a supernatural like qualities and both stories are sort of hard to parse on what is going on at any given time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you're looking for some more mind-boggling stuff and you feel like having a read, uh, unlike the two of us who are terrible readers, The House mm. of Leaves is a recommendation by our friend Chloe. Uh, and then the other email we got was from our sweet friend Trina, who is the... Oh, yes. The one that makes the bingo cards for yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Uy Horror. Always great. So funny. So awesome. And she had a theory that maybe the uh, the ever-present ocean sounds, uh, sacrificing the future to a dying beast, uh, that everybody is being um, confronted by their past. And then finally, uh, El... El Marcato was like, I regret everything, heat rising, uh, the mm. apocalypse at midnight, that maybe this all has to do with our current climate crisis. Oh, wow. I love that take. seems like a great uh, way to put the us now in that story. And for the most part, uh, you know, a governmental kind of or political uh, blind eye toward the climate crisis. You know what I mean? Correct. And then we have an email from our friend Carlos, who... Damn, people are going in. They are sending us emails. Honestly, this movie gave us the most emails we've ever gotten. Yeah. Y'all, check this movie out. Yeah. And, and send us emails. We love it. Yeah. <laughs> But, um... But Carlos says, 
He's writing from Buenos Aires where I'm visiting my parents and I just wanted to add a couple addenda to your Historia de lo Oculto podcast. The military may, may at some point have called their terrorism La Guerra Sucia, but the official title they gave it starting in 1976 when they took over was the more Orwellian Proceso de Reorganización Nacional. Oh. Uh, which is intense additionally we mentioned the the triple a went well you mentioned yes. the triple a in in your trivia which was the main form of state terrorism prior to the military stepping in and the guy who put them together was jose lopez rega whose nickname was el brujo no See, the nickname wasn't just some casual occultist as Lopez Rega was an actual occultist, <gasps> heavy into theosophy and a practicing astrologer. He published a few mystical books, including one called Astrologia Esoterica. He had worked his way into a Rasputin-like role with Perón and his third wife and had been made Minister of Social Welfare upon Perón's re-election in 1973. Holy shit. This is something <sighs> I should have found for trivia. This is fucking something I should have found. Pero, I mean, it, but this is why we have our wonderful listeners yeah. who actually... Thank who, you for informing us. Wow. Yes. Who are there, who know, who have parents, have lived this. It's... Awesome. Right. It's their experience. And he says here, a minor footnote here is that in the early part of the 20th century, Argentina was considered a hotbed of theosophy with some of our most important writers such as Leopoldo Lugones and Roberto Arit writing about it. Wow. And he says, I don't have a literal interpretation for the plot of the film, but I saw it as a pretty powerful metaphor of some of the struggles of Argentine history. El futuro se acabó resonates with the national anxiety of being a country that has a lot of things going for it, but always failing to advance. The mm. right will blame the social welfare policies of the peronists, peronist, mm -hmm. peronistas, peronistas while the left will blame the neoliberal politics of the oligarchs. So it's all just a bunch of, you know, uh, hearsay of this guy pointing fingers. Wow. And then the theme of youth sacrifice echoes the Guerra Sucia's themes of the young people being forcibly disappeared, los desaparecidos. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But also how some of the children of the desaparecidos were then given to military families to raise. Oh. <gasps> Yikes. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my God. That's exactly. Fucked. So thank you to Carlos, to Trina and to Chloe, who were lovely, uh, <laughs> did their homework and, <laughs> and paid attention to wonderful things. So we appreciate you guys being uh, amazing listeners but then also just wanted to say that the director Cristian Ponce and Nadia who starred as Maria in the film also reached out to us saying they enjoyed the episode yeah which uh, was very nice to hear they, they reshared our shit on Instagram yeah. which is so cool very special and nice yeah even though that episode I feel like just reveals the the utter confused state I was in, but I was like, it's fine if the world knows, it's fine. 
Listen, and we like to keep doing it to ourselves. So why don't we talk uh, about this film that you picked this God week? God damn. Look, okay, so I've been eyeing this movie for years. So as most of you know, if you listen to this pod, I used to live in Bolivia in the 90s, early 2000s. Honestly, like, I'm not from there, I know, but I feel like I'm a Bolivian person just because I lived there for so long. It feels like home. I miss it so much. So, you know, when we're doing our little, like, searches for horror movies, we often do, like, Bolivia, película, película de terror, or whatever. And this one popped up a while ago, but it's been doing, like, festival circuits. It was never out on streaming until just recently. I was like, let me just check it out again. Looked it up. Bam. It popped up. So excited. So today, aquí estamos. Aquí estamos. we're going to talk about Blood Red Ox or Way Rojo Sangre, which is a Bolivia slash United States of America joint venture. Uh, it was released in 2021. It was written by Rodrigo Belot and Nate Atkins and directed by Rodrigo Belot. And another reason why I was so excited to do this movie is because, also for those of you who do not know, I am really fucking gay. And this movie is also fucking gay which i was like bolivia I and gay? really fucking gay <laughs> <laughs> so i was just like hell yeah i'm so excited little did i know like <laughs> the level of confusion that this movie would uh, the state of confusion this movie would put me in but we're talking about it today, everybody. Fingers crossed that somebody, uh, the, our listeners will again pull through and be like, this is what this means. But I feel like this would be a tougher one to reach uh, any sort of answers in that it's it rather than it being mystical horror th through politics, it's um, hallucinations through mental illness. So, yes, yes. <laughs> I think I figured it out. Honestly, you did? I think I think I've got it. I have a hypothesis at the end, but we'll see. But I'm going to say right here at the top, I think it's I mean, sorry not sorry, a little messily done. <sighs> sorry, but I'm just we try to be f t truthful here and that's that's just what I'm going to say, you know? I agree with you. <laughs> I agree. I agree. But before we get into this, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review. We appreciate it. And let's do some titulos de terror. So <laughs> this is going <laughs> to give it all away right here. But I picked the movie Fight Club Split. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fight Club? No, I picked the movie Split, uh, which is an M. Night Shyamalan movie. Came out in uh, 2016. I heard McAvoy is good in that movie. Yeah, he's fan I mean, he's usually pretty fantastic. And Anya Taylor-Joy is in the movie as well, okay. who, you know, is, is fabulous and all and also half Argentina, so that's cool. Just watch the menu and it was delightful. It was good. That was a good movie. Yeah. I liked it. Anyway, me too. I thought it was great. Anyway, so Split in Spanish is called Fragmentado. Ah, and I okay. believe throughout Latin America, it was just fragmentado. And also in Brazil, fragmentado. Great. So basically the same in Brazil and throughout, you know, in Portuguese and in Spanish. 
how about a little synopsis from you and then pray to Jesus? Let's get into this movie and try to figure it out. Okay. Uh, this is basically the Google um, uh, description. Amir? Okay. Right off the bat, I know we're I know we haven't even started yet, and I'm about to give the synopsis. Everybody's name sounds the same in this film, and I know there's a purpose to it, but it's very complicated. Yeah. Every single name <laughs> starts with the letter A. Every single every single name. Anyway, our synopsis. Amir and Amat are invited to a trip to the South American rainforest, but their visit to Bolivia quickly takes a bizarre turn as Amat starts having strange visions and loses his mind over the ghostly presence of a giant ox. Okay, everybody. <laughs> Here we go. Ready? Good luck. I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, well, we can do this. You and me together. We'll figure it out. We can do it. Okay, here we go, everybody. We open to a burning hillside. A woman's voice whispers, Amancaya, Amancaya, llorarás cuando me vaya. The camera pans up a woman's bloody body. Her crying face is revealed. Trigger warning for suicide, everybody. She puts the barrel of a rifle into her mouth and pulls the trigger. What a way to start. What? Well, here we are, everybody. <laughs> Cut to Amat, who is this very handsome, I'm going to say like very early 40s looking mm -hmm. guy. He's waking up from this nightmare. He just had this vision of this woman with the gun. He's waking up from this nightmare vision. And he and his boyfriend, Amir have just arrived in Bolivia at the Tarija airport. We then see a woman holding a sign that says Amir on it. This is Amir's friend, Amankaya, and she's at the airport to pick the guys up. So after grabbing their bags, Amir comes out and he and Amankaya embrace. They're like, she especially is like very moved. She's like, oh my God, I miss you. He's like, I miss you. Oh my God, we're embracing. We're into it. And she comments on his shaved head, which apparently is a new look for him. Very emotional. Yeah. Then Amat appears in a little olive green onesie that I absolutely own. I was like, oh, I have that. I have that fucking onesie. Again, literally, there is a shot movie, of him standing like he's it's from behind them. And all you mm -hmm. see is this man standing and i was like that is jonathan atkinson standing there <laughs> except ahmad has like gorgeous wavy curly hair and oh i don't <laughs> jesus christ anyway so ahmad appears in this cute little onesie and amir introduces him to amankaya this is my boyfriend and she's super welcoming and then something happens that continuously happens throughout this movie. We hear like a high-pitched ringing noise and we get this introduction again. Like it never happened in the first place. Amir is like, oh, Amankaya, this is my boyfriend, Amat. Pero this time, Amankaya's face seems wary. She seems disappointed. Yes. And she like hesitantly is like, oh, hi, nice to meet you. Welcome to Tarija. It's weird because like, it's the same moment repeated, but with different emotion behind it. Very strange. Can I say some things? Please. I watched this movie with captions on. Mm -hmm. 
And the captions were very revealing throughout the film. Great. One of the first things that was revealing about this is in the very beginning, when we see this woman covered in blood about to blow her fucking brains out, it says, like, she says some words or she says some grunting or whatever, and it says, Amankaya, blah, blah, blah. Mm. So I was like, wait, this is Amankaya when we see the girl show up. Yeah. So I put it together through the captions that the girl in the beginning that's about to fucking kill herself is this gal here. Amankaya. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And also, I well, the first thing I wrote was we had this moment where we see it twice, and I was like, "What is the relationship between Amankaya and Amir?" Because obviously, Amat is new. He's this is my boyfriend, and her having this face of like, "Oh!" It almost was like she, he caught her by surprise that this is my boyfriend. Uh, Amat. Yes. And she's like, she had to check her face, you know? But that's the second reaction. Correcto. Because the moment happens twice, which is so strange. The first one is like, hi, welcome. The second one's like, oh, hi, welcome to Tarija. So there's clearly history, emotional history between Ami- Amir and Amankaya. Pero Amat is new to this whole situation. Okay. Y no sabemos cuál es la relación between Amankaya and Amir yet. So they all load into Amankaya's truck and on their way to her place, Amat explains that he and Amir have been together for about three or four years and they're trying to like work things out. Okay. It's been on and off. And Amankaya is like, oh, Amir is such a great writer, and I need the world to know about the water factory. So it seems that Amir is here to write an article about Amankaya's environmental foundation. Mm-hmm. She's asked him here to write this article. Okay. Amankaya then tries to teach Amat a song. Amankaya, Amankaya. Llorarás cuando me vaya. Amankaya, you're going to cry when I leave, which is the exact same thing we heard at the top of the movie, whispered. Pero then they come across an accident. An ox has been hit by a car. I'm going to tell you something right now. I was like, is an ox a fucking bull? What's the fucking difference? And I had to look it up. An ox is just castrated to make it a little bit more docile is what I understood. I Te lo juro que I did not know that until a few hours ago when I was like looking this shit up. (laughs) Did you know that? I had no clue. Uh, I didn't know. I don't think I knew. No, no. So interesting. So here's this ox. It's been hit by a car. Amankaya stops the car. She gets out to check it out. And a young man says to her, Atropellaron el güey de Américo. Creo que hay que matarlo, which means like they hit Américo's ox because we got to kill him. Pero Américo is right there. And he's like, please, no, don't, don't kill my ox. But then just like a few moments ago, the moment is repeated like it never happened. Like they repeat the lines over again. Pero Amancaya dice, está sufriendo. The ox is suffering. So she opens the back of her truck. She grabs her rifle, which I was like. And she puts the ox out of its misery. Bam, we got our title card, Blood Red Ox. In yellow lettering? 
Okay. It was. I was very surprised at the font as well that mm. they chose to use uh, in this uh, opening reveal of our title because it looks like um like Art Deco nineteen twenties yeah. like yeah I was surprised at this font for some reason for me I was like yellow okay whatever yeah. choose your choice. So they finally arrive at Amankaya's house, which is tucked away into the hillside. It is gorgeous out here. Idyllic. It's Gorgina. so beautiful. Gorgina. Totally. <laughs> so she takes them inside, and as she's showing them around, she catches her reflection in a mirror. And we notice a cut on her forehead. It's, it's like bruised, still bruised, but it seems to be healing. Okay. Uh-huh. Amankaya then takes the guys to the kitchen where she gifts them a bottle of wine. She shows them a fridge. It's full of food for them. So it's her home. Right. But it seems that they're going to kind of have the run of it while they're there. Like she won't be around is what it seems. So Amat takes the bottle, just takes this bottle of wine. Like I was like, you're not going to split it with everybody? No. He just fucking takes the <laughs> bottle of wine. He goes upstairs to the bedroom to rest while Amankaya shows Amir the courtyard. And she tells him, tomorrow my brother's going to come around and he's going to be a tour guide for you guys. Cool. That night, as Amat cooks dinner, Amir grabs a book called Bahamut that has a minotaur on the cover. Like a, you know, bull person. bullhead man body. Yeah. So Amir sits by a crackling fire. He begins to read. And this is what the book says. God created the earth, but the earth had no base. So under the earth, he made an angel, but the angel had no base. Under the angel's feet, he made a crag of ruby, but the crag had no base. What does that mean? Has no base. Nothing underneath it, I think. Okay. Okay. Continue. Under the crag, he made a bull endowed with 4,000 eyes, ears, mouths, tongues, nostrils, and feet. But the bull had no base. And so under the bull, he made a fish named Bahamut. So immense and dazzling is Bahamut that the eye of man cannot bear its sight. The tale goes on that beneath the measureless fish is a fathomless sea, and beneath the sea, an abyss of air. And beneath the air lay fire and beneath the fire are the six hells. So it seems to me to be just like the creation of Earth. Meanwhile, Amat is in the kitchen opening the windows because he's burnt dinner. There's smoke everywhere. And then, boo, he sees Americo, the former ox owner, staring at him from outside. So he screams for Amir, who comes running in. But when they look out the window, Americo is gone. But just then they hear a knock. And that young man who we saw before on the road when the Amankaya put the ox out of its misery comes walking in. So this is Amaru, Amankaya's brother. And Americo comes in with him. And here begins the whispering. Every single line spoken by Amaru in English is accompanied by Amankaya whispering the same line kind of in the back. But in Spanish, every motherfucking line. Okay. I, this is where I will reveal to you that I was incredibly stoned when I watched this movie. Oh, <laughs> wow. You know, a lot of movies I would recommend that. I'm not sure about this one. I feel like it would just be too much. 
when I tell you that when I heard the whispers, I uh, I also Who's wasn't. In my house? I was <laughs> I wasn't watching it with headphones. I was watching it. I'm dog sitting right now for my friend mm-hmm. Mariola, and she's got a pretty intense uh, TV setup where their speakers mm-hmm. are all around you and all oh, that. Oh no, that kind of shit. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Entonces yo estoy ahí bien fumada, and I'm like, <laughs> a la gran puta que está pasando aquí, and I couldn't tell. I was like, whispers. <gasps> whispers because in the <laughs> captions it was like muttering or whatever and i'm like yeah sí, pero it did it didn't say or maybe i didn't pay attention but i was literally like are there whispers going on or not yes. and so they were yeah and, and eventually it, later on i was like those are fucking whispers because it continues like yeah cada, cada linea, like everything that amaru says in english you hear amankaya in the background whispering it in spanish see 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 very very strange so amaru he shows up and he's like hey come to town with me cool So he invites the guys to town where there's a celebration happening, and he explains that this is a typical celebration to welcome the rain, fertility, good fortune. He pours them some little shots of Singani, which I was like, oh my God, Bolivia. Get Singani. I'll talk about it in trivia, everybody. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, it'll fuck you up. It's booze. It'll fuck you up. Is, is it uh, booze? Is what, I mean, uh, that's booze, all I really yeah. meant. Yeah, <laughs> like... it's a liquor. Yeah. So... So he offers the guy some shots and Amir tries to offer a little shot to Americo, but Americo just walks away. And so Amaru says, <laughs> I was about to add something and I was like, ¿sabes qué? Me, me, me vale verga. Me vale verga. I don't care. Okay. I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> so Amaru says, oh, don't worry about Americo. The locals distrust foreigners around here. We have a bad history of companies coming in and taking advantage of our resources. And so there's like this whole subplot here of companies have they, they've discovered that there's natural gas in the land here. So they've come to, you know, take from the earth and so clearly the locals are like get the fuck out of here uh which you know completely understandable so that is an important subplot here not sure it really fully ties in with what we're trying to say to the, with this movie but it is present and i think it's important that we have that in mind it seems as though they want to insert this like eco horror vibe almost into it like mm-hmm. this there's a mention of Pachamama being like mm-hmm. she's protective of our land. And like, yeah. you know, we we even at this moment, he's like, we pour some we pour one out for Pachamama, basically, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. this booze. And he's like and she likes she likes this stuff. And you don't give if you don't give her the things she likes, she likes blood. And you're like, right. oh, OK, OK. Yeah. So vengeful Pachamama. Yeah, so that, that, like, the pouring out of the Singani, or honestly, like, any liquid, I guess, for Pachamama, really, really reminded me of being in Bolivia, because that is a thing that I remember happening a lot, just like, para la Pachamama, you know what I mean? Just, like, pouring some out, which I loved seeing this here. Yeah. So, like you said, he's like, Pachamama will defend herself with these fuckers coming in to try to steal her gas. Pachamama will defend herself. You know, you got to offer something to Pachamama. 
And we see that Américo and some dude with a burned face are watching them have this conversation. Okay? Uh-huh. So, Amaru takes the guys into a bar where a band is playing some fucking rock en español. And <laughs> Amaru goes to the bar to grab drinks for them. But when he comes back, it's not Amaru. It's Amankaya. So she takes a seat. They cheers. They drink. Amaru is nowhere to be seen. He's gone right. now, I guess. It's Now it's Amankaya. I didn't put that together until now. They're drinking. They're sitting there. But the lead singer of the band is like, we've got a special guest here tonight. Amankaya. Please come up and grace us with a song. Don't make me sing. Oh, don't make me sing. No, me? <laughs> don't, don't make me sing. sing. Don't oh, make God. me sing. Please this don't make me sing. Don't make me sing. <laughs> Also, was it just me or did the bartender give them a, a shitty look, like shitty homophobic look? It seemed like it felt like that's ah, what was the vibe. Like I didn't catch that. Wow. There was a moment where they look, we look at the bartender and he's like looking over at the two dudes. And I'm like, is this supposed to be gay hatred or what? But then if you think about it later, when we get to like discussing what we think this movie is about. I think we bring this back and see. Possibly. I hope. Maybe. <laughs> Fingers crossed, everybody. Um, because they do smooch. They smooch, you know, in front of this dude. Yeah. Yeah. In the bar, they're holding hands and they're yeah, doving being gay very things. Loving. You know, gay things. Smooching. <laughs> gay things like holding hands, you guys. It's super gay. <laughs> so gay. I mean, I know that's what I do. <laughs> Anyways, so... <laughs> Amankaya's like, don't make me sing. Don't but make she me sing. clearly is like, okay, uh, let me do it. So she she goes up to the stage and okay. she and the band begin to perform. Okay. And uh, it's fine. <laughs> okay, this is what I wrote. Is she singing a sexy song to her gay? Because so she gets up there and she's like kind of giving ojos to Amir. It seems like he's watching her. Like she is Janice fucking Joplin. And she is singing like she's Janice fucking Joplin. Now, was it off key, Jonathan? Yes, girl. (laughs) Just like what I just did was off key. Yes, it was. And also look, I will give it to this actress for her performance. I thought she was good. I will also give it to the, um, kind of like conviction that she gave to this performance here during the song. Pero like the the lip syncing was not good to the track. I mean, she's supposed to be singing live, but we as the watcher clearly know it's not live and it's not like on. It's not well lip synced. It might as well have been RuPaul being like, take that off your face, please. And then it's Valentina trying to sing to fucking Ariana Grande and it's like, it's just it's it's off she's committed and she's like into it and weirdly like whipping her hair back and forth willow smith but like i i was just (laughs) like it's just a weird sequence and it took so long dude so but that's not all like that's not (laughs) that's not it (laughs) i wrote Oh, God, this is embarrassing, is what I wrote. Well, the thing that makes it also embarrassing is that immediately we get a shot of Amir and Amat, and they're, like, bobbing their head. Like, Amat (laughs) is in the back with his ojos cerrados, just like, 
Ooh, feeling yeah. it. <laughs> and I'm like, too soon. No. You got to give give the song a moment to settle and like get yeah. into it. She's barely so, like, and he's like, yeah. <laughs> so interspliced with this singing moment, we, we get a vision of Amankaya holding blood in her hands, which she smears all over her crying face. And then we're back to her singing and she is screlting, screlting. <laughs> Scream belting, scream belting, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what that means. It means scream belting. Scream belting. In, so it's in Spanish. But these, Beaming. So this is interesting <laughs> because you picked up on like a sexy time vibe between the two of them. I didn't pick up on that. It felt more like sad and desperate, which I guess could be, you know, sexy time if somebody's <laughs> that into somebody. But I feel like it was only from her. It didn't feel like he was like reciprocating. But I did have this feeling, mm. in, especially in the beginning of this, because we still don't know what the relationship is between her and Amir. No, no, so we don't. In, somehow the thought behind my brain was like, were they once lovers? Because especially mm. I kept holding on to her being really disappointed when he was like, this is my boyfriend. And so I'm like, is she trying to do the thing where she's like, look at how sexy I am on a microphone and like trying to be sexy for him. But then you see his face and he's just kind of like, mm-hmm, yes. Uh-huh. Well, he's like, Ooh, yeah, Whoa. I'm into the song. Oh my God. It's just too much. So <laughs> you're saying there's a possibility that the past relationship could have been like a lover's relationship. Sure. Yes. I am not sure that that is the case here, particularly because of what I picked. I So I wrote down her lyrics. And it's not like she's making these lyrics up, you know, like this is a song. But I believe that the song is specific. So it says, okay, to disappear, cutting through the walls to find a needle in a haystack and never come back to the paper house to burn those bridges once at, once and for all. I'm desperate to feel you finally at peace. Don't tell me you're alive if you cannot escape yourself. Which I was like, I feel like that ties in later to our whole theme here. Okay, okay, okay. I mean, to be totally fair and honest, it's all a little artsy-fartsy, everybody. It's all, (laughs) you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arts-farts. art Arts. Arts farts. But then we get more images or visions of of Amankaya now like writhing around in blood. I think Amaru is there now writhing in blood with her. Pero es que no se puede ver la cara because they're covered in blood. Y yo dije, is this a blood orgy? Because I couldn't tell if it was her or her and her brother and more people like no se podía entender and the blood is and it's just like nooks and crooks of bodies and and like and hands sliding sliding all over blood oh my god (laughs) and i'm like who what where and also in between her like (laughs) flinging her head yeah why and in between her flinging her head because she's doing like you know fucking janis joplin moves it seems it flips to her brother singing, yes? Yes, absolutely. Porque, porque el Amaru también tiene pelo largo, just like la, la Mancaya tiene. Yeah, they and both so, have long hair. Yeah, but so, sorry. So like you <laughs> you see both faces like interspliced singing the song. One last thing I'm going to add, I'm going to uh, add here is that 
when we do get those kind of weird shots of Amat and Amir in the back kind of being like, yes, yeah. bobbing our yeah. heads. Bar music. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Bar music. We do get, oh, there's like a fucking picture in the background con vidrio. Uh-huh. And so, like, in the reflection, you do see Amaru, like, he's standing at the bar yes. watching Amankaya. Did right. you see that? Yes, I did see that. So as we get toward the end, that's why I'm like, this does not make sense. Okay, okay. Okay. The performance is over. <laughs> the perfor- It ended. She dropped to her knees. The drama. The drama. It was dramatic. Yeah. Drama. Like, she drama. might as well have been in front of, like, thousands of people. And there were four people at <laughs> that bar. <laughs> <laughs> so, we cut to Amat and Amir in bed later that night. And Amat awakes from a nightmare. He can hear a creature growling somewhere. So, he goes to check it out in his little tidy whities which I was like, you look great. They love a tidy. This film is definitely made by a gay man because he was like, "We are keeping you in your underpants as much as possible. Show us your abdominals. We want to see your traps, your biceps, every single muscle upon your body, and the outline of your penis. Thank you. They look great. They look great. They are rocking it. These two guys. So. Amat goes out in his little tidy whities. Everything is lit red, which I was like, this looks cool. Great, mm-hmm. great, really well shot. He goes into a room where something is rattling. And it looked to me, I was like, a washer, a dryer? Like, it gave me that kind of vibes. And he can hear an ox breathing heavily. And then he sees something and he runs in fear. The camera pans around and we see a minotaur. Yeah, I wrote, that was spooky with a bull person. <laughs> yeah, but a minotaur is bullhead man body. Correcto? I, I looked it up and I'm pretty sure that's correct. It's different because minotaur is... It would be like full bullhead. Bull torso. It's head to torso. Mm, this guy yeah. just has crazy horns on his head and a nostril. Yeah. is like bullish, bull you know what I mean? Yeah. But the rest is just man muscle, but muscle. Oh, dude, they were like, excuse me, CrossFit gyms, can you send us your most buff person? Thank you. 100%. You're right. So throughout my notes, I like I mentioned this person as Minotaur. And I wrote him as bull person. So put it, meet, meet in the middle, guys, and that's what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> meet us in the middle. So... Amat sees this. He freaks out. He runs toward the courtyard, which is all lit up with candles. And then the camera pans into the kitchen where a bloody woman is looking into an open fridge. The woman looks at us. She smiles. And when she closes the fridge, she reveals a decapitated ox head. Amir then wakes Amat from this nightmare. And Amat admits, again, trigger trigger warning for suicide. He says, when he was a kid, my mom shot herself in the kitchen. And my dad blamed me for it. Fucked. Very fucked. Amat continues, I thought the dreams had stopped. And then I met you. Things were going great. And now I'm having the dreams again. I don't want to be alone. I don't want to disappear. Please don't leave me. Interesting. sad. Also, another... I think directorial choice here was like they quickly cut to black. So I wrote it as blinking. 
it was ah, like it feels like blinking it felt like a, a blink and then it was we're still in the same scene it wasn't a scene mm-hmm. change no but it was definitely like we've blipped in time almost but like not sure a crazy not, amount of time the, yeah it's, it's just like we're instead of continuing the conversation we'll get these like random blinks of like and then he'll be in a of darkness a, a different time a different part of the story but it wouldn't be like that far along in the story no. it was like and then my mother killed herself blink blink and my father thought that it was me blink and you're like oh it's we're just in the story with blinking which i was like i don't understand what this is meant to do i agree if you have any interpretations people por favor twitter <laughs> instagram wikiorrora@gmail.com <laughs> so amir later wakes up it's the next morning pero amat isn't in bed from his bag by the bed amir pulls out a little like jewelry box with a wedding ring inside or like he's gonna fucking propose lovely but right here we get a quick flash of a woman handing the little box back to another hand that i wrote amir's hand we will see later Mm -hmm. And this woman says, you know, this can't be a reality right now, right? Right. And then we're back to Amir in real time. He puts the box away. And in his underwear, of course, and a sweater, which there's <laughs> so mitt. much of this, so much of this look. Sweater, like bulky, warm sweater and my little undies. Now, aside from being like, look at this, you know, the, the director being like, look at this actor's fabulous body. I do believe the looks are specific here. Pero it is, vi- it's kind of hard to follow. Pero he, the, this is a specific look. There are certain sweaters and jackets and mm-hmm. pieces of clothing that move about this space in that you're like, I literally wrote several times. I think this is meant to mean something. And yes. I so let's go and see where these clothing uh, revelations us. lead us. Yeah. I appreciate that like costume pieces further our plot. I will Absolutely. say that like in this case, I mean, at least for, I'll speak for myself. I'd have to rewatch it again just to really piece it together. And again, right. like, like a, I mean, I watched this movie a few times just to yeah. like really fucking figure it out. And I am still confused. Anyway, so <laughs> so he's wearing his um his red sweater, his little undies, and he goes downstairs. Amir's Amir goes downstairs, and he sees Americo out in the yard, and he's fully like Buenos dias. Don't mind me and my fucking little undies. And Americo walks away, and finally he finds Amat cooking eggs in the kitchen in a leather jacket, pero no shirt underneath. Just the leather jacket. Okay, I mentioned that because it ties in later, I believe. I called it Top Gun jacket. Top Gun. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's like there's like a, a a fluffy collar, but it's leather jacket. It looks like mm-hmm. an old timey aviator jacket, but black. Sure. Not yeah, brown. But just to note that he's wearing a jacket, like a leather jacket, but on no shirt underneath. Mm-hmm. We cut to Amaru and his friend Marcos guiding Amat and Amir through the hills of Tarija. It's fucking gorgeous out here. Amaro, Americo, Ama, Amir, Amat, Amancaya. Except for Marcos, interesante. Hmm. Yeah. 
So Amaru gives them, you know, he's he's like giving them information about the area. And again, we hear Amankaya in the back whispering his lines in Spanish. They find like a little spring creek situation and Amat takes all his clothes off and he gets in, which Amaru and Marcos are like smiling. But I was like, maybe you should ask before you do that. This struck you know, me as weird. I also thought it was very weird. I was like, because right before when they start their hike, I had to think who is who. Amat says... I think I wore the wrong outfit because he's wearing a Which cute little, uh, yeah, he's wearing like a cute gay great. outfit, like a fantastic, stylish, fabulous, but like definitely not to hike the hills of Bolivia. You know what I mean? No. Yeah. And so I, him being like, because literally the shot is Amir talking to Amar, Amaru saying these are our, our springs and whatever. And he turns around and my dude is removing his shirt and pants and getting inside. And Amaru had just said these are the springs where you can drink from it, whatever. And I'm yeah. like, you're dipping your body into the water springs where people drink from? Like, gross. I mean, just be like, hey, can I get in? I don't yeah. know. It felt weird. But, yeah. I mean, and we're not talking like he's not in his, he's balls ass naked. We see his butt. His butt is out. Anyway, <laughs> struck me as weird. So <laughs> Amir, meanwhile, is like taking pictures of everything. They continue on their walk and Amaru tells the guys how the birds eat the seeds of the guayabo and the pino del cerro, two trees. And when they poop out the seeds, it grows two trees with one root. He then shows them two trees like all intertwined together, very beautiful. And Amaru says, a perfect example of symbiosis. Two trees growing and working together. One has what the other one doesn't and vice versa. They can't live without each other. They need each other to exist. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now this is very like... The second time I watched it, I was like, okay, got it, got it, got it. So Amaru then takes the guys to a greenhouse and he says, this foundation, the one that Amaru and Amankaya work for, was born to protect the forests of Tarija. In this greenhouse, we're growing trees after the fire we had in 2017. The fire consumed 13,000 acres. And then we're back outside the greenhouse and Amaru repeats that very same line. Yeah. Like it never even happened. This fire consumed 13,000 acres. It took the lives of hundreds of animals and three people. Then later, he says those same lines fucking again. The fire took the lives of animals and three people, including my mom. And then we see that around his neck, he wears a heart locket with a picture of his mom inside. And he says, she was the main activist and brains of this foundation. She was my hero, Amankayas, too. And Amir asks, where is Amankaya? And Amaru responds, oh, she's always busy. Sometimes she does so much. It's like there are two of her. Okay. 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 Please hold. Hold. Holding. So when we get these lines repeated, Mm -hmm. they're said in two different spaces. Yes. So the first time that he says it, they're outside of this greenhouse that he's talking about. And then the second time they say it, they're like in the middle of the woods. So at this moment when he's like, Amankaya does so much, it's like there's two of her. 
I yeah. was like, okay, we're and so because we're so fresh of historia de lo oculto, I'm like two timelines. We're talking sure. to if we're slashing and repeating things, and this is we're talking two different timelines. Yes, I, is what I, think I that at is, first yeah. was beginning to think is what it was. I do think that that is kind of a thing here, but I yes, yes, and but also. This whole situation, I feel like doesn't make sense. At least to me, I don't feel like it makes sense. And we'll get we'll get to that when we get to the end. I think. But interesting that you said this fire. uh, We lost so much, a bunch of people, including my mom. The mom is important. Mm -hmm. Yes, most definitely. So as the tour continues through the hills, Amat pulls a thorny horned root from the ground, like a heart. Oh, interesting. At least to me. Yeah, it totally did. Honestly, I don't get this. This, also no lo entiendo. Not. Pachamama, pulling the heart from Pachamama, perhaps. Tal vez, algo así. Algo así. Disrespect uh-huh. for Pachamama, puede ser. Amaru then says that he believes the corporations, like the people coming for the fucking natural gas, started the fires on purpose because the Guayabos and the Pino del, the Pino del Cerro aren't good for, wo- for wood. <laughs> God damn it, hold on. <laughs> aren't good for wood. For wood. Oh, so, these aren't good for wood. Good for wood. So the <laughs> easiest way to get rid of them is to burn them and then to plant trees. Oh my God, y'all. Oh boy. Okay, to plant trees to give, I wrote here the carap apparitions. <laughs> what? So what did you just say? I tried, I tried to write corporations and I wrote corapaparations. I am doing so well right now. Jesus. Corapaparations. Corapaparations. So it basically, Lamaru is like, look, the corapaparations started the fires on purpose, is what he's right. trying to tell us. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Before we leave the forest, Amir spots an, an ox out in the forest. Okay. There it is. Adios. That night, Amir and Amat are enjoying a glass of wine when Amat puts some music on. They begin to dance, and then they're on the couch making out. They're taking the, their clothes off. Yes, fucking get it. Yeah, lots of gay sex times. Hell yeah, fucking. And then Amat is like, hold on, be right back. I'm going to go get a condom because we haven't been together for a while, which I was honestly like sensible, very sensible choice. And also very real about gay relationships this day Absolutely. and age. That, uh, that monogamy isn't the priority, and that's more than fine. That's Have your totally fun, be fine. safe, and honest with your partner, which is very important. Good for you guys. Which was why it. I was like, hmm, because Amir is like, what? Why? What the fuck? You don't trust me? And I was like, if sabe que? Yeah. I don't fucking know. I'm getting a condom. That's I'm no. His response to that to him being defensive about it was it's just a condom and i was like yeah bitch it's just a fucking condom yeah we're grown-ups here anyway a uh, mod goes upstairs amir follows him they have sex very well shot super sexy you see some like butt fucking which i was like don't often <laughs> see this on no. f- on film beautifully shot like superimposed writhing around especially like in lovingly sex butt sexing yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> lovingly butt sexing everybody, not fucking just like slamming it's it in any, there. Yeah, no, we're doing with we're doing love. this butt sexing with love. <laughs> There's lube involved, you know. Yes, tender, gentle <laughs> butt oh my sexing. God. It's not like fucking broke back mountain, just like spit <laughs> on spit it, and in the shove hand it and in, go everybody. For it. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Anyway, it's great. It's lovely. Very sexy. And then we cut to Amankaya waking up in her bedroom, kind of like Amir did a little bit ago when he uh, opened up the, the wedding ring box thing. She goes downstairs and after spotting an ox in the yard, kind of like Amir spotted Americo in the yard. So she sees this and then she goes into the kitchen and she finds her very handsome boyfriend, Amro, in the kitchen. <laughs> Wearing the Top jacket. Gun jacket, the Top Gun jacket, just like Amat was earlier in the movie. No shirt on, basically the same fucking thing, except it's an ox instead of Americo in the yard, and it's fucking Amro and Amankaya, not Amat and Amir. Oh my god. Uh, okay, <laughs> I just need to. I just need to say, uh, add the name to the list. So we have Amir, Amat, Amankaya. Amaro, Americo, and Amro now. Oh, yes, okay. we do. Yep, keep track, everybody. E, this guy, El Garcia looking fucking motherfucker. Girl. Yes, oh my God, totally. Yeah. Igualito al Gael. Mm-hmm. Eh, she approaches him like lovingly, sensually. They hug. He kisses her on the cheek, face, forehead, in the mm. body. Uh, and he also. For a brief moment, and this may have been the marijuana that uh-huh. I was under the influence of, of, but I was like, he, for a brief moment, I was like, Amat? But very quickly, I was like, he is similar looking to uh, Amat. Yeah. But then very quickly, similar. I was like, no, 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 no. Este más se parece a El Garcia. So. Yeah, yeah. Different guy, different guy. Pero mm-hmm. también con A. Puta. Sí. Y guapo, alto, Uy. like the other two. Because all three of the men of um, Amir, Amat, and Amro, Amro. They, they all three are very good looking dudes. And all similar in height and similar hair vibes, except for Amir. Yeah. Who's got the shaved head, remember? Yeah. Cut to a winter wonderland. Here we are. In upstate New York at Amir's house. What? I was like, ¿Qué? ¿Qué está pasando? I was so confused. I was like, oh wait, this isn't Bolivia, yes? No. This is a frozen place, is what I this, wrote. I mean, and so here we are. Here we are. And uh, Amir and Amat wake up in bed almost like it's a continuation of the sex scene we just saw. Uh-huh. But they're waking up in New York. Yes. Upstate New York instead of in Tarija, Bolivia. I'm so glad you said this porque yo estaba tan confundida. So I wrote, is this meant... Oh, wait, you continue and then I'll ask the Mm -hmm. question. Sure, sure, sure. So Amat takes a bath as Amir goes downstairs to make some tea in his red sweater and little undies. Just like in Tarija. That's why I'm like, the look means something, y'all. It it means something. Amat gets out of the bath. He takes some pills. Hmm. Uh-huh. And then he discovers some opened Magnum condom wrappers, which I was like, of Must course be it's nice. fucking Magnum. <laughs> 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 of 
Of course, of course, they picked fucking Magnum condom wrappers. Hilarious. Guys, penis size has nothing to do with anything. It's how you work it, not the size of it. Absolutely. Yes. I love that you said that. But I was like, this is fucking hilarious in this gay movie that they're like, you know what? Let's make a mirror. A gigantic dick. (laughs) Fucking Amir wears Magnum condoms and nothing less. So now dressed, Amat comes downstairs and he says to Amir, who is reading Bahamut. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Amat's like, if you want to fuck other guys, at least have the decency to throw the condom wrappers away before you have me over. And Amir is like, what the fuck are you talking about, babe? Those are from Uh last night. You brought them. Amat freaks out. He leaves. Okay. This is where I was like, is this meant to be before Bolivia? But then I was so confused because I was like, no, he just said you wanted to have sex with a condom last night. And then that night was in Bolivia. And my brain was like, I cannot. Again, I was like, what is this happening? Is this two dimensions? What is one real? For me, I was like, flashback. Are we before the Bolivia trip? Which I'm not. I don't think that's the case. However, to further confuse matters. Amir gets a phone call right now. Amat leaves, storms off, angry. Amir gets a phone call from Amankaya. And he's like, holy shit, Amankaya, this is so weird. I had a dream about you last night. And Amankaya says, I want to offer you a job down here in Bolivia. Come write an article about my foundation. And Amir is like, yes, hell yeah, I'm down. Let's fucking do it. So I was like, this is in the past. But I'm telling y'all, it's not. It's not. This is the other thing I wrote. Oh my God. This is the other thing I wrote. I was like, could Amankaya be a shapeshifter? And she was the one. (laughs) Because. because... I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh. I'm not laughing at you. I'm just like, I can't believe this. like maybe she's a sh- shapeshifter and she took the shape of Amat the nice the night before to be like here put a condom on and then like <laughs> then disappeared and then but then I like, <gasps> but then I was like wait no this is before and I was so discombobulated I think I I think I've led you and the the listeners astray this is a flashback but not not too far i believe like we i believe are now at the beginning of our film <laughs> okay so the but, the flashback begins melds, now look it is mind meld it is fucking mind meld. like it is dimension time zone mind meld countries do, uh, dude Okay. You know, honestly, what I just said to you that I believe we're at the beginning. Now I'm like, the more I think about it, I'm like, no, I don't think that's the case. I don't fucking know. Let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. I thought I had this bitch figured out. I don't. I don't. I don't have it figured out. (laughs) Ay, Dios mío. Dios mío. Uh, at least we're laughing. At least we're having fun. At least, at least that's that's the least that could this movie could give us. Yeah. Right. So we cut to Amat. He's taking pictures out somewhere beautiful. And we hear Amir give us another voiceover from that book, Bahamut. Uh I'm not going to tell you what it says. It's basically the same from what we heard earlier. Just a little bit different. 
So Amat returns to Amir's home later that night, and Amir tells Amat <laughs> that... Amir tells Amat, I'm not laughing at the movie. It's just too many fucking A's, everybody. It's all and, the AMs. Amir, Amat, Amankaro, Amanda. Like, so, Yeah, Amanda's coming. Amanda's There's coming. an Amanda in here, guys. So, yeah. So Amir tells Amat that Amankaya called. <laughs> <laughs> so Amankaya called. And Amat says, yeah, she calls all the time. Which I was like, ooh, that's weird. Uh-huh. And so Mir's like, Mir's like, what? No, I haven't t- talked to Amankaya in years. This is the opportunity of a lifetime. She wants me to come to Bolivia and I want you to come with me. Okay, cool. Uh-huh. Now we see more of that weird fucking gloopy, gloppy, bloody, writhing shit that we saw earlier blood when Amankaya orgy. was singing. The blood orgy when Amankaya was singing. We hear Amankaya whispering she was my hero. And we see that locket of the mom being like pulled from the bloody goop. Among, or somebody, Amankaya, somebody is whispering, he's suffering. And now we see Amir in the bloody gloop pile, like reaching out to us. What the fuck is going on? Amankaya is whispering, I'm suffering. And then all of a sudden, Amat is there too, covered in gloop and blood. Everybody is writhing, bloody, goopy, blood orgy. How did you recognize anybody? Because I when, no, they put glasses on Amat and I was like, oh, OK, I think that's the way of differentiating. <laughs> sure. But honestly, I could be wrong. I could absolutely be wrong. But there is a blood orgy where every character of this movie is kind of writhing together in the same kind of like liminal space. Right. OK. We then see Amat and Amir in bed and Amat suddenly wakes up. And he fucking freaks out. He's like, who the fuck are you? Get out of my bed. And Amir is all like, whoa, what the fuck? Amat, it's me. So Amat freaking out. He runs into the bathroom. He shuts the door. Amir breaks the bathroom door down. Pero no Amat. He's not in there. It's just this bathroom all lit up in red. There's a spilled bottle of pills on the floor. And when he turns around, he sees Amat as his reflection in the mirror. And now we get a shot like from the front of Amat, like it's Amir looking in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And then Amir creeps up behind Amat and very intensely says, You're so handsome when you sleep. Pero now Amat is in the bathtub, just like we saw before when he was taking a bath. He's all like lit up in red. He grabs like a clipper, a buzzer, hair clipper. And he begins to shave all of his hair off, pushing so hard that he's bleeding. And then Amir is standing above Amat. And Amir pushes Amat underwater, trying to drown him in the bath. What Just the then, is going, what is going on? on here? Just then, mm-hmm. Amir wakes up in bed. I don't know if he's in New York or in Tarija. I'm so sorry. I can't tell you. I also was confused about this. Yeah, Amat's locks of cut-off hair are in bed around him. Blood mm-hmm. suddenly drips onto Amir's forehead, and when he looks up, bam! This honestly made me jump. This scared me. Mm-hmm. There is fucking bald-headed Amat reaching for him. Naked-ass Amat jumps on Amir, attacks him. They scuffle. In the scuffle, Amir pushes Amat. Amat smashes his head against a bedpost, 
pero he like he's okay he gets up he's got a wound on his forehead which i was like oh is that kind of like the wound that we saw on amangaya's forehead from before remember Yes, these two wounds are similarly placed. And then there's another wound that happens. And I'm like, you're also similarly placed. So he's got this fucking head wound. But Amat freaks out. He runs out. He elbows Amir in the face, knocking Amir to the ground. And as Amir passes out, we hear Amankaya whisper, La Pachamama se defiende. Okay. So Ahmad goes running out into the woods, balls ass naked, fucking bald headed, freaking out. He's in hysterics. It's all blue lit, which is honestly very cool looking and yeah. kind of like a, a, a significant shift from what we've seen so far. And then all of a sudden, it seems like we're driving in a car through Tarija at night. But I literally in this little segment, I wrote, so is this Bolivia or New York? OK, so it is Bolivia. Wait, it must be New York. This forest doesn't seem Bolivia. Yes. But wait, we're it, in Bolivia. I was like, it's it's Amaru and Amankaya in the car. Mm-hmm. Amaru is driving. And then all of a sudden, Amat runs out in front of the car. So they stop the car. They're freaking out as Amat stands bloody in front of them. Naked. But balls ass naked. Yeah. Amat falls to the ground. Amankaya grabs her rifle and she says, Está sufriendo. He's suffering. And she shoots Amat. But did you see what the shadow behind him? No. What was it? Oh, I'm so surprised. So they're driving at night. And when they run into him, he's standing there and behind him on the trees, the shadow of him is giant and it's got horns. (gasps) Fucking a, you know, that's so interesting. You mentioned that because I was like reading reviews just to, I was like, somebody please explain Explain. to me what's going on. And they mentioned like horn shadows. And I was like, where I'm so glad you caught that. I wrote down this wis- this bold person shadow is so dope because he's so little close mm. to the the car and then the shadow behind him is like yeah. gigantic. It takes up the entire tree form. And I was like this looks super dope. I really like this part. And then her shooting him in the head. I was like, okay, we're mirroring the bull at the top because yes. she says to the bull or to to them being like Está sufriendo, and she fucking shoots him in the head. And I will add to that: this movie is really beautifully shot. Yeah, totally. Very, very beautifully shot. We then cut to Amir waking up from being fucking passed out on the floor because Amat elbowed him in the face. Right. Pero he's in Tarija. He's back in Bolivia. So Amir goes down to the kitchen wearing a white sweater. Okay. Turtleneck. Turtleneck white sweater. Amaru shows up. And Amir is like, oh, my God, help me, Amaru. Amat is in the forest. He's lost. Pero Amaru will not respond to him in English. It's all in Spanish. Even though earlier in this movie, Amaru was speaking perfect English. And, like, he can't speak English now. It's like he does not actually know the language. We then cut back to upstate New York. And a curly gal... Amanda, everybody welcome Amanda. We mentioned her just a moment ago. She knocks on Amir's door. Amir opens the door and Amanda says, is he here? I need to come in. I was just, I just need to mention here, it's nice to have some Afro-Latina representation here. I was like, this is really lovely. Yeah. So Amir says, who the hell are you? 
He has no idea who this woman is. And Amanda responds, he should have told you himself. He called me last night and said they were coming, and I knew exactly what that means. And then her nose starts to bleed, so Amir's like, oh my God, please come in. The bathroom's right down the hall. And Amanda says, I know exactly where it is. I've been here many times. Uh Weird, you know? A little while later, we see a picture of Amankaya and Amir on a table, of the two of them together. And then Amat walks in. And he's wearing one of those Ithaca is gorgeous shirt, like Ithaca's gorgeous, whatever. Yeah. And he's all banged up. And so Amanda says, look, I need a moment alone with Amat. So Amir, please step out for an hour, come back. So Amir heads off for a walk. A while later, Amir returns and he finds Amat sitting at the table with Amanda. And the men are wearing the same white turtleneck sweater. And they both have shaved heads now. Yes, and now they both have shaved heads. They look very similar. So this is where I wrote, they have mirroring wounds because he's got like a bruise or something from when Amat punched him in the head or whatever. And Amat has a Band-Aid where he has like his wound. but Because he banged his head on the head post. But Amir does not. He just has his wound out and about. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So Ahmad tries to explain what's up, but he's struggling to do so. So Amanda's like, can I speak on your behalf? Which I love Mm -hmm. that she's like, do you mind if I speak for you? I thought that was so gentle and sweet. And she explains to both of them. She keeps looking at both of them back and forth, back and forth. She says, you were diagnosed with schizophrenia when you were 21. This is part of your family history. You have been in and out of therapy for many years. I've been your therapist for a while. Recently, you stopped taking your meds, she says. And then Amat continues, because we met, he says to Amir. Uh And I thought I was getting better. And then Amanda says, but then you started drinking alcohol. And Amat continues, then these nightmares started up, and now I feel like I'm ruining this for us. And so Amir is like, oh, my God, how can I help? And so Amanda says, right now, if you really love him, you have to let him go. And Amat says, there's a clinic I need to go to nearby to get better. And fucking Amir is like, no. And at this point, I was like, oh, boy, please, God, don't say this. And he's like, I'll make you better. He needs me. He doesn't need a clinic. I'm going to help. Trust me. I love you. But Amanda's like, by the way. In my opinion, best performance yet. Oh, she was so fucking good. She is so good, so natural. Oh, like clearly invested in this conversation. We just met her, clearly moved by the circumstances. I loved her. Yeah, she was great. So Amanda's like, look, I know you want to help, but this needs to happen. And after a while, Amir agrees. He's like, okay. And then Amat is like, okay, you're just going to fucking throw me away? Well, then go fu- go fuck yourself, both of you. And he storms off. Interesting that you said that she was looking at both of them mm-hmm. because I thought she was looking just at Amir. Being, mm. And the fact that she was using the, the language, you were diagnosed with, uh, what was it? Schizophrenia. Schizophrenia. And I was like, why are you saying you and looking at Amir? That was mm-hmm. a big 
thing. <laughs> well, interesting. When Amat storms off, she very pointedly looks at Amir and she's like, stay with me. Like uh-huh. into his soul. Uh-huh. She's like, stay with me. Stay with me. Right. So interesting observation. And also the fact that fucking Amat, Amat totally like immediately flips the script as soon. He's like, I met you. And then I stopped taking the pills and whatever. And then uh, what this place is going to be good. And then immediately he's like, okay, you're going to let me go now then, bitch. How dare you? What the fuck? Who do you think I fucking am? And I was like, things are, what is going on? Yeah. Yeah. So the next day, Amanda packs Amat's bag. At least I think that's what she's doing. And Amir is sitting nearby looking at the little wedding ring box. She sits down with him and she says, just like we heard earlier in the movie Uh in that little weird flashback, she goes, you know, that can't be a reality right now. Right. But uh the imagery of that of that is scene different. is different because yes, yes. in the, when the line we see is it, the same, the line is the same, but what we saw at the top, we didn't see this wide shot of both Amanda and Amir. We only yes. saw hands like with the little box and whatever in we don't them. see. Yeah. Yes. We don't technically see who is holding whose exactly. hands these belong to yes. basically. The only thing that is like specifically sim- similar is that line that she Correcto. says, that Amanda si. says. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So Amir drives Amat and Amanda to the train station in fucking Calico, New York. That's what it said there. Bro, and, exactly. Uh, looks exactly, <laughs> sorry for the gamer moment, but looks exactly no, like a small town in um, Red Dead Redemption too. Oh, it looks That's very like <laughs> classic old town. Looks very quaint and cute. Yeah. Loved it. And so Amir stops the car. Amat and Amanda get out. Amanda says to Amir, this is for your best. I'm proud of you. I'll be in touch. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cut back to that bar scene in Tarija, where Amankaya was belting away, pero now it's Amaru belting away. Pero it still is interspliced with Amankaya also singing. Yeah. We see that super handsome dude, Amro, who, you know, Gael Garcia, Amankaya was canoodling with him before. He is now the bartender at this bar. So Amro comes up to Amir, who's sitting there, and he's like, hey, what do you want to drink? And then we hear Amankaya whisper, él es Amro, mi novio. Okay. (laughs) And Amro is into Amir. Holy shit. So he's all, hey, want to get the hell out of here? So they head off. (laughs) That night, we get a vision of Amir in bed. The camera pans down his fuzzy body. And we see a muscly bull person, minotaur, bull man standing at the foot of his bed with his dick out saying, La Pachamama se defiende. Le gusta la sangre. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Besides all of this, which is very intense, uh, verbatim I wrote, did Amankaya curse Amir for fucking her boyfriend? (gasps) Wow. That was that's what I thought of now because I love all your like different <laughs> explanations of what is going on as you go through this movie. 
Is she a shapeshifter? Is it a curse? <laughs> like, what the fuck is what happening? Because at the end of it all, I'm just like, I know Amankaya has something to do with all of this. And it yeah. just feels like, okay, so now we have this Gael Garcia guy who is so similar looking and like vibey to um, Amat. And then I was like, the jacket means something. And like, we're at this bar together. Like, what is what is going on? So, yeah. So, I, at this point, I I was believing it was a curse that she had placed on Amir. <laughs> Honestly, I, I don't know. So, we cut to the next morning. Amir wakes up in bed in Tarija with Amro. And Amankaya, again, whispering ASMR in the background, she says, you're handsome when you sleep, which is the same thing that Amir said to Amat back in upstate New York. Uh-huh. Amir freaks out. He gets out of bed and he's like, oh boy, I'm so sorry. This was a mistake. I'm so sorry. My bad. And Amro's like, dude, we didn't do anything. Calm down. You're freaking me out. But Amir takes off. He runs out of the house in Tarija and onto the streets of his town in upstate New York. Yeah, okay, okay. Shirtless and cold, he goes into a store. He puts on a shirt that says, Ithaca, Ithaca is gorgeous. gorgeous. Just like we saw Amat wearing before. And a store clerk comes up to him all like, can I help you? And he's crying and he's like, I don't know where I am. And I just wrote here, girl, girl. us neither. <laughs> Holy shit. We cut back to Tarija in that scene when Amat got naked and jumped into that little creek. But now we see that it was Amir who got naked and jumped into the creek. Again, we hear Amir in voiceover reading from reading Bahamut, all this stuff about hell and fire. Y todo eso. And then we see the burning hills of Tarija, just like we saw at the very top of the movie. Can I give you my my at this point of the film, what I thought was going on? Please, please. Yet another interpretation. So the quote, my own note. So was Amir and Amro all a reflection of himself, Amat? But I think I meant was Amat and Amro all a reflection of himself, Amir? Amir. Yeah. Yes. And. <laughs> okay. <Yeah>. Improv. <laughs> uh, uh, I. Yes. Plus, I will say, I think there's uh -huh. more there. Oh, of course. Yeah. But Continue. Like, oh my God. Let's just get to the end and then yeah, we can we're just almost be like, there. ¿Qué pasó? ¿Qué pasó? Amir then wakes up in Tarija to the sound of burning. He walks to the courtyard of the house and he sees a ritual being held by a fire. People stand in a semicircle holding candles, chanting their bulls' heads on the walls. Amir walks into a bedroom and finds the fucking minotaur bull person standing at the foot of the bed, of a bed with an older woman in bed, smiling, bloody. Same woman we saw open the fridge earlier in the movie. I thought that was Amankaya. Every time, because this woman was co covered in blood and like red lighting and all this stuff. Yeah, this the whole red time, lighting makes it tough. I always thought it was Amankaya, pero this is not Amankaya. No. Diferente, diferente. Okay, 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 okay. Amir. <laughs> Amir then goes into the kitchen and he sees Amro on all fours with that man with the burned face holding him by a leash. And he says, Tan inmenso es Bahamut que los ojos humanos no pueden soportar su visión. So like basically like Bahamut is so beautiful that human eyes can't 
look at take it. it look at yeah. him take it in take it in and then fucking burn face guy grabs a machete puts it to Ambro's throat but then the camera pans to Amir and Amir hears a knock at the door he runs and he finds Amankaya with her rifle and Amankaya's like I've been calling you all day they're burning everything these sons of bitches don't care about the forest they want to kill all of us for their fucking gas and Amid is like Girl, put your con- your your gun down. Calm down. And Amankaya is like, "Are you with them? Are you a spy?" So she aims her rifle at him, but Amir ducks and she shoots the man with the burned face who's entered the room behind Amir. Amir runs. He sees Amat all like strung up and bleeding from the mouth. It seems like to me, at least, like being sacrificed or tortured or something. Tortured. And Amat is like, you said you'd never leave me. So Amir keeps running and he runs straight into Amaru, who is now holding Amankaya's rifle. And Amaru says, Pachamama se defiende y le gusta la sangre. So Amir backs away and behind him appears the Minotaur. So Amir turns around. He looks right at the bellowing Minotaur. He screams. It was all a dream. We used to read <laughs> Word Up magazine. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I wrote that down. Like in my fucking stoner brain, I was oh like, oh, God. it was all a dream. <laughs> we used to read Mode Up magazine. Um oh, man. Okay, wait. So I have some some questions. hmm When she comes in yelling about they're burning everything down, is that meant to be like when Amaru said they came and they tried to burn everything down and a bunch of people died, including my mom. Is that what we're so. meant to yeah. believe is the time frame in this dream? I believe that this is all fantasy. This is okay. all vision. I, uh-huh. don't, I don't think the mom, well, we're about to get to that. The mom, that didn't happen. There, there was a fire. But uh-huh. this this thing about the mom is not truth. So okay. this all this shit that this vision, la la mancaya entrando con su rifle, vision never vision, occurred dream. ever in time and place. We I believe. used to read Word Up magazine, <laughs> Dr Pepper or something something in the limousine. Uh huh. So we we cut to Amro waking up on the floor of what seems to be Amankaya's bedroom in Tarija, just like Amir did before in this film. And then there's a knock at the front door. Perate, before to- you continue, mm-hmm. this was another moment where the captions may have like revealed more than they intended or were mm-hmm. helpful, who fucking knows. So we see Amro, who is Gael Garcia-looking motherfucker. Uh-huh. Pero in the caption, it says Amat. It does? Uh-huh. That's weird. I think some of the captions might have been mistakes, too. Okay, unless well, they I meant this. maybe that was. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, let me, let me think of this now. Hold on. Like, some of it was... I'm just... I'm honestly trying to, like, fit in my head to see if that makes... It could... It honestly could be a possibility. The only reason why I bring it up is because mm-hmm. if we're looking at the mirroring of people, which it seems that we kind of are supposed to somehow... Amat and Amro are both similar in they are the lovers of of Amir and Amankaya. They're both like the same visually similar guy. So that's why I was like, oh, I wonder if this means something. Amro would be the Amat to Amankaya's Amir. Amir, correcto. 
Yes. <laughs> so, you know what? I don't think that was a mistake. I think okay. you're right. I think okay. that was on purpose. I think Thank that was so on much. purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Love to be validated. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know if in the whisper she said Amat? I couldn't tell you. Oh, girl, we're not going back. We're not going back. It's not we're not going back. So <laughs> So there's a knock on the door. Ambro goes down. He opens the door and there's an older woman there that he doesn't know. Ayastaki, the woman asks. She should have told you. She called me last night, last night and said it was coming, and I knew what that means. But then this woman's nose starts to bleed just like Amanda's nose bled in upstate New York. Honestly, this the scene might be the it might as well be the exact same, except in it's Amro. It's in Spanish. It's Amro and this older woman. So Amro's like, Senora, your nose is bleeding. Please come in. The bathroom's right this way. And the lady's like, I know where the bathroom is. This is my house. Same thing like with Amanda that she knew Pero exactly where she was going. Con Amanda, she's like, I've been here that a bunch of times. Yeah. Y esta señora. This is her house. Dice, this is my house. And if you remember in the very beginning when Amankaya is showing her place to Amir and Amat, she's like, they literally say, you were born here? And she's like, yes, this is my mother's house and my house mm -hmm. and whatever. Yeah. So. yeah. So Amro and this older woman go into a bedroom, I believe, to pack a bag for Amankaya. The, the woman is packing this bag. And when the woman is about to tell Amro who she is, he says, I know who you are. I just thought you were dead. She uh -huh. responds. Amankaya always says that. Do you know where Amankaya is? And Amro's like, so, so this is Amankaya's mom. Mm -hmm. This is the mom. Not dead in a fire. So Amro says, Amankaya went out last night looking for her brother Amaru. And the mom says, Amaru doesn't exist. Uh-huh. Amankaya made him up. She brings him up every time she feels unsafe or vulnerable. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Almost at the end, everybody. So we're back to upstate New York. Amanda has called some paramedics because Amir hasn't been responding to her call. So the paramedics break into a bathroom and they find Amir in a bathtub. There's a spilled bottle of pills on the floor. Which we've One seen of the, before which in we've other seen visions. Before. Yes, we saw that before. One of the paramedics shines a light into Amir's eyes. And as he slowly comes to, Amir sees that the paramedic is Amat. Amat. Also, hilariously, they're like, what what pills is he on? <laughs> or does he have any prescriptions? Uh -huh. And Amanda's like, he's on Benadryl. And I was like, OK. No, she says Melodryl. I looked oh. it up. It's, schino <laughs> it's schizophrenia medication. I, I heard, heard Benadryl, too. I and I was like, Benadryl. Benadryl. And I was like, girl, we don't have to let him know about Benadryl. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> no, I was like, I was like, it can't be Benadryl. So I re-listened. I was like, she's not saying Benadryl. So it's, I think it's called Melodryl, which oh, okay. is used as schizophrenia medication. Okay, that makes way more sense. Yeah, yes. He's on Benadryl. <laughs> he's on Benadryl. He's had some allergy issues. So, you know, he's, had some, he's on Benadryl. <laughs> so Amanda sees Amir's phone nearby and the name Amankaya. Over and over and over, Amir's been trying to call Amankaya. So Amanda picks up the phone and I assume... She tries to call Amankaya. And then in Tarija, Amankaya's cell phone rings. 
Amro grabs the phone and he uh, the phone. And he's like, oh, my God, this dude Amir keeps calling. And the mom says, don't answer. He and Amankaya were patients at the same psychiatric clinic in New York. They are very close. And as the mom continues packing, she discovers that same little wedding ring box that Amir has had throughout the movie. But when she hands the box to Amro, that this is the shot. The we same saw. shot. Yeah. yeah. Which was a vision that Amir had. Wasn't it Amat that had it? No, it was Amir who had the vision. Amir okay. had this vision. <laughs> so uh, Amro grabs the box and he says, I want to marry Amankaya. And the mom says, look, that's not going to happen. Amankaya is suffering. Okay. Again, the suffering. Suffering is also whispered throughout the film. In the gloopy, bloody thing. And yeah. also when she shoots the, the ox, when yes, she shoots everything, all that yeah. stuff. So we see that pic of Amankaya and Amir together that Amir had at his home in upstate New York. But now we're still in Tarija. Uh-huh. And we hear Amankaya whispering, pleading, Amir, please come. I'll take you to my home. You're the only one who understands. We'll walk through the woods. We'll be okay together. Don't fail me. As we hear this, the camera travels through Amankaya's home. And we see blood on the living room floor. Blood on the kitchen floor. Outside, we see the locket of the mom just discarded in the dirt. We cut to Amankaya at the airport with her sign for Amir, just like we saw at the beginning of the movie. And she's crying and crying, waiting for Amir, but he never comes. This made me so sad. It was so sad. Again, we hear Amankaya, Amankaya, llorarás cuando me vaya. You'll cry when I leave. We see someone like walking along what seemed to be the hills of Tarija, just very small, somebody walking. A shot of the minotaur bull person is super superimposed on top of this shot. It then says, in loving memory of Maria Teresa Dal- Dalpero, 1966 to 2021, fin de la película. So was Amir real? It was Amankaya two people. But then I, I'm contradicting myself with the mom being like they knew each other in the psychiatric unit. Right. I honestly, at the end here, I think there could be various interpretations of what the fuck happened here. So I have like a list of things here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First yeah, yeah. of all, this is particularly sad here. Amankaya crying at the end because remember, the movie opens with her committing suicide. Right. So I believe after uh, this, she, after him not showing up at the airport, he she commits suicide. I believe that's what happens. Okay. But none of this happened. Amir and Amat never went to Bolivia. That didn't happen. Right? <laughs> um, that's what we're gathering here at the end. She's at the airport, Gonsu little sign. Uh-huh. He didn't they didn't come. They, they never, never showed came. up. And f- correct me if I'm wrong, but the last thing we s- I think what we're trying what we are establishing here is that Amir, I believe Amir and Amankaya exist. Yes, okay. I think so too. I think Amir is getting help. Pero la Amankaya 
is like she unfortunately that is not the situation here and i believe like i said that's not the her her fate is much darker right i think that's what happens here at the end but then i'm also like what about the cut on the forehead that amankaya sees in the mirror what is that then that leads me to believe that amir amankaya amat that they're all the same person and also the fact that she like shoots the bull shoots amat shoots herself like i yeah. feel like maybe that this is all are these all visions she's having right before she kills herself right like it, or you know were the visions kind of brought on by a head injury or something like that because we don't see how she injures her head no i'm choosing to believe here at the end of the film that amir and amankaya are not the same person I believe that that is the case. Why do we have such a similar, like virtually identical scene of uh, someone coming to their right. house and saying yes, that too? Like, how could that how could something so similar happen? Right. If it were not just the same thing. I also go back to what Amaru says about the trees having a symbiotic relationship in that mm. they they were pooped out of the same bird but they like grow together and that they need each other to survive it was something yeah. that he said and vice in that, versa yeah yeah one he, cannot survive one had, without the other one had what the other one has and vice versa oh, so like sure so like did Amir have this loving relationship or did Amankaya had it? Is that a, and then not only all of this, one of the things that I thought at the end, when it ended, I was like, Falia do where basically it's a delusion or mental illness shared by two people in close association. So a lot of times it has oh. happened with like twins um, or sisters or siblings. Uh, it's basically shared psychosis, uh, the symptoms of a delusional belief and sometimes hallucinations that are transmitted from one individual to another is what Ooh. Wikipedia says. Wow. So sure. like watching this, I was like, if they are two individual people, Amir and Amankaya, it felt very Falia Dewey situation and like, pero también no entiendo lo de los novios y que, and the fact that he tries to kill himself in the tub, it seems like he's taken a bunch of these mm. pills mm -hmm. and she has this maybe suicide, whether it happens or not. Are those yeah. two just visions they're sharing together like I, sure i don't think we ever get the answer if my more factual brain wants to put this together i honestly just i mean i think there are some plot holes here yeah 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 that is just the case unfortunately but i do think that amir and amankaya <laughs> are two existing people and i believe the mom's story that like they went to the clinic together this is what happened they both are unfortunately suffering from schizophrenia i mean oh, oh my god i i do feel like this is rather pro plot holy and the mm -hmm. more we think about it honestly the more confused we will get yeah 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 so uh i choose to believe what i said and 
that's what's up, everybody. So let's get into some trivia. All right, please. (laughs) Okay, so my first thing on trivia is I found an article on RueMorgue.com titled Queer Bolivian Horror Film Blood Red Ox from Rodrigo Bellot Arrives Next Month, written by Grace Detweiler. It says here, Breaking Glass Pictures is proud to announce the North American release of Bolivian award-winning director Rodrigo Bellot's powerful first horror feature, Blood Red Ox. Directed by Rodrigo Bellot, best known as the director behind Bolivia's Academy Award entries, Sexual Dependency, and To Me Manc, and mm. as the producer of Jim Mickle's U.S. remake of the Mexican horror hit, We Are What We Are, Somos hey. Lo Que Hay, mm-hmm. uh, Red, uh, Blood Red Ox is his first foray into the horror genre. Quote, Blood Red Ox started as a personal exploration and homage to the psychological horror films of Polanski, Bergman, and Argento in the 70s and 80s with a contemporary twist. That kind of makes sense, said Hmm. Bayot. This film is also inspired by my personal experience with a boyfriend with mental health issues and in a way is my Mm. most personal film. It is a true honor as an out gay filmmaker to have breaking glass behind such a personal and special film. Blood Red Ox held its world premiere at the Guadalajara International Film Festival, where it played in competition and went on to play numerous festivals, including Outshine Film Festival, the 38th Chicago Latino Film Festival, the Los Angeles Latino International Film Festival and the International Film Festival of Kerala. Next, I'm going to talk about Bahamut. Great. It was floating around. And we get a description in it, but it was so poetically written that I was like, I need Wikipedia to dumb it down for my brain. Bahamut, or Bahamut, spelled M-O-O-T, originally Mm -hmm. is with a U, you can do it with double O, whatever you please, is a monster that lies deep below, underpinning the support structure that holds up the earth according mm. to Zachariah al Kazwini, who, also known as Kazvini, was from Iran and was a Persian cosmographer and geographer of Arab ancestry. In this conception of the world, the earth is shouldered by an angel who stands on a slab of gemstone, which is supported by the cosmic beast, or ox, sometimes called Uyutha, most likely from a corruption or misrendering of the Hebrew Leviathan. Mm. Again, not to be a gamer nerd, but in God of War, his axe is called the Leviathan axe. Boom. Oh. Bahamut carries this bull, Uyutha, on its back and is suspended in water for its own stability. So there's a picture in this in this Wikipedia, a, a drawing, I'll say, from a book where we have a fish, a bull, 
<laughs> a slab of gemstone and an angel riding upon like one on top of the other. So the name is also thought to derive from the biblical term behemoth. So there's mm, something uh, interesting of on there. Mm-hmm. However, the original biblical behemoth never appeared as a fish, which is technically what Bahamut is. Mm. But like, why in this movie, though? What does that? Also, interesting that he jumps into a spring of water. Yeah. But, you know. I mean, I feel like that was an idea that it's either buried too deep or like I and I just don't get it. Or maybe it wasn't explored enough. This like that's like the history of the earth. Right. Hmm. So at the end of uh of this movie, they source the imagery of a book, which is uh the book of imaginary beings. Um, and they even they they say images from Jorge Luis Borges's book, The Book of Imaginary Beings, and it says mm. here in this Wikipedia for Bahamut. According to Jorge Luis Borges's work, The Book of Imaginary Beings, 1957, Bahamut is, quote, altered and magnified from behemoth and described as so immense that a human cannot bear its sight. Ah, hello. Borges placed Bahamut as the identity of the unnamed giant fish which Jesus witnessed in the story of the 496 night of 1001 nights. That was included in this movie, but I did not recite it just because it was quite long, but that was said in this movie. Which probably came from, which is why they yeah. sourced it in the, in the mm-hmm. credits. Borges is Argentina? So Jorge Francisco Isidoro Luis Borges Acevedo was an Argentine short story right, writer, right. essayist, poet, mm-hmm. and translator, as well as a key figure in Spanish language and international literature. So, and finally, at the very end of this film, when you go all the way through to the to the end of the of the credits, it says shot in Cuckoo Cachoo, New York. What was it called? Calicoon. Calicoon, New York, everybody. Calicoon, New York. Pero también Rincón de la Victoria en Tarija, Bolivia. So let's talk mm-hmm. a little about uh, uh, El Rincón de la Victoria. I found an article in elpaisonline.com and it says here, this is Google translated BT dubs, everybody. A hidden Eden in Tarija is Rincón de la Victoria because it is a place that it could very well be a valuable tourist destination, but is nevertheless private property. Ah. The fundamental reason as to why it's private property is because of the water intakes that supply Tarija. And the this very essential element, this article says, are located here. So this space, th- those springs that they were jumping in the water, that's basically their like water source in Tarija. Comes the water factory. From, see, the water factory comes mm-hmm. from Rincón de la Victoria. In Incredible. addition, 
Rincón de la Victoria forms part of the Cordillera de Sama Biological Reserve. So it's a, mm. literally an ecological space meant to be preserved because of water and stuff. Wow. The water is not abundant, probably mm. another reason why it's a reserve, but it is very crystal clear. See, which is why I'm like, why are you dunking your body in yeah. here, sir? Mm-mm. Yeah, that is disrespect to Pachamama. You can appreciate the display of life in the trees and foliage that grow all around, even between stones. The intense green colors of the pines are interspersed with the autumnal greens of other tree species. The lemon green of the moss and the brown of the trunks provide an unparalleled exuberance to the landscape. Oh, my. Wow. The surrounding hills contain different types of flora. Some preserve the churquis and moyes, characteristic of the area, and others have pine trees that make up dense forests. Also, the community of La Victoria is, um, stands out for its good Creole food, and oh. they make bread based on their own specific Victoria recipe. And loaves of bread are taken into the city for uh, into the city of Tarija for sale, specifically from uh, El Rincón de la Victoria. And that's the end of my trivia. Fantastic. Here we go, everybody. Let's talk about the Tarija fire of 2017. Didn't find much, but I did find a little something here. Okay. So this is from TelesurEnglish.net. It was written August 11th of 2017. It says here, an uncontrolled fire that broke out in the Sama mountain range, just like you mentioned, Whoa. In, in Bolivia's western region of Tarija has resulted in the area being declared a disaster zone. The governor of Tarija, Adrián Oliva, who, by the way, now the governor is Oscar Gerardo Montes Barzón, issued the order telling a news conference we are signing the decree declaring disaster in the entire area affected by the forest fire. The blaze has devastated some 250 hectares and endangered the lives of residents in at least three communities. It has also forced local authorities to evacuate homes, uh, bringing the affected families to safety, and they have had to close down local schools. So this was like an actual really awful situation. Wow. In Tarija. Unfortunately, I didn't find how it started, though. But I did just want to bring this up just because, you know, this was a true thing that actually happened that they used as a plot device in our film here. Very interesting. So I was like alcohol and schizophrenia because they keep bringing up like you started drinking again you started drinking you started drinking so i was like is there a tie here so i found this little thing from WebMD, and it says here that researchers have mostly studied the effects of cannabis and nicotine on people with schizophrenia but they've also found that other things that alter your nervous system and mood like alcohol can trigger first-time psychosis This is especially true for young people who are at higher risk of schizophrenia, such as those with a family history of the condition. Alcohol also affects the brain's reward systems, and research links changes to this area of the brain with schizophrenia. Alcohol misuse alone over long periods can cause psychotic symptoms such as hallucinations. These symptoms can 
mimic or overlap with symptoms of schizophrenia and appear to trigger a psychotic episode, says Kamal Bhatia, who is a doctor. So I just thought it would like interesting, like the the, the drinking doesn't seem to be excessive here, but they do bring it up. They mention that. So I was like, I don't know anything about this. So I just wanted to include that. Also, I, if I'm not mistaken, because I quickly perused Tariha on mm-hmm. Wikipedia, but I'm pretty sure they have a large wine production uh, in Tariha. Well, to add on to, you know, booze, let's talk about Singani, which I found from Wikipedia. So Singani is a Bolivian eau de vie or brandy distilled from white musket of alexandria grapes only produced in the high valleys of bolivia wow i'm is could it be like a pisco because that's kind of what pisco is it's from grapes but it's not but it's um it would be considered leaning towards rum rather than wine Yeah, I I mean, it's been so long since I've had it, but I don't remember it being very whiny. I remember it being like, this is like booze. And that's like, what like I mean saying. by, by yeah. pisco, that it's yeah. li- that is like hard liquor. That's how I remember it. But yeah. like I said, it's been a while. So it is the country's national, it says here, distilled spirit and considered part of its cultural patrimony. Fun. Now, let's talk about... Idalmis Garcia, who played Amanda, Amanda. who I freaking love. So this is from info.eschaton.club. So it says here, Idalmis Garcia, she, her, is a Cuban-born actress. Nice. She has been part of important Cuban films and has worked with well-known film, TV, and theater directors. In New York City, she is currently studying drama therapy at New York University. So cool. Idalmis is a member of the Big Apple Playback Theater community. Currently, alongside her training to become a therapist, she is a tarot reader, using the energies of her ancestors to gain insight and help her clients to achieve a better quality of life. I mean... Love that. Love this. As a theater actress, she has worked in Germany, Havana, Philadelphia, and New York City with companies such as Punch Drunk, Team Sunshine, The Woodshed Collective, Repertorio Español, and Actors Theater New York City. She is proud to be part of the team of Kaleidoscope Repertory Theater Company at New York University, a space of belonging for students, alums, and artists who identify as Black, Indigenous, and or people of color. Awesome. I thought she was fucking phenomenal and that Very is good. my trivia for today great how about I, oh, great how about wow great how about you not yeah, yeah, keep yeah. it all <laughs> how about i ask you some questions great let's go johnny were you scared no were you i was too confused to be scared no so no I was not scared no what was your best scare I'm going to say like that forehead blood drip on Amir's forehead. And then he looks up and Ahmad is right there with a shaved ball head. That does get, it gave me a little start. So that's going to take it for me. What about you? For me, it was very, it wasn't a jump kind of scared this time, which I usually prefer, but like this, he, Ahmad was staring in the mirror and like a hand appears on his shoulder. And then like very slowly, a mirror rises and he kind of like nestles his chin right in the nook of the neck and the shoulder. And his eyes are 
scary. Wide-eyed. Yeah. yeah. And he's like staring too intently. And I was like, I don't trust you. I was waiting for like violence to happen. Mm, um, sure. So that kind of, that was my best scare. Uh, who was your favorite character? Amanda. It's got to be. I thought she was fabulous. Yeah. So good. Yeah. What was your best line? La Pachamama se defiende, who was said by various people throughout mm-hmm. this film. But first of all, I feel like Pachamama shouldn't have to defend herself. You know, don't fucking fuck with Pachamama. But I was also like, if you do, she will defend herself. So yeah. I, I, that was my fave. What about you? <laughs> oh, boy. I just laughed when I heard it. But it was when Amat and when they're starting their hike, he takes off his jacket and he's like, I think I wore the wrong outfit. And I was like, you fucking. <laughs> you absolutely did. You look great. Look great. You definitely wore the wrong outfit. You wore the wrong outfit. What was your best death? I wrote, I don't think anyone died. <laughs> oh. Um, oh, I guess the ox at the top. That was very sad and was kind of like a propeller of our very confusing story. So sure, I'll give it to the ox. Why not? I'm not going to give it to anyone because I don't like a death of an ox. I would rather. No, I hate that. But it was like, I guess like it took our story forward. Sure. Sure. (laughs) Did you learn anything from the culture? Yes, I did. I learned about guayabo trees, Pino del Cerro, you know, got to see Tarija, learn about some. I feel like these foundation, like this feels relatively real. And like Mm -hmm. you said, like you mentioned the water factory kind of stuff. So I feel like, yes, I I did learn from this movie. Sure. As did I. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know about the booze and learning from you that you actually do spill for Pachamama every time. And that sounds cool and Mm -hmm. all that. So learning about Bolivia. And finally, out of five ooze, how many ooze do you give this movie? I'm going to give this movie two and a half ooze. I feel bad. I feel like I should give it more just because I fucking love Bolivia and because I love to see a gay movie. But I just, I don't know. Like, I'm left pretty confundido. I am glad that you said that Rodrigo based this movie off of an actual personal experience because I was like, are you just making a movie about mental illness with with just like pick and willy nilly? Like, yeah. oh, sure, schizophrenia. But I don't think that's the case. Right. Um, and I appreciate him like, you know, w- being willing to explore something that sounds pro- pro- was possibly difficult in his life. So I appreciate that endeavor. Yeah. I was just like. I don't know what's real and I don't know. And like, that's okay with me in some movies, but I'm left kind of confused. I wasn't really scared. You know, think I'll give like all those points to the performances for the most part. They were pretty good. I will say again, Idalmis delivered for me. I loved her performance. Unfortunately, she's not in very much of the movie. Um, So yeah, love that it's from Bolivia. Love that it's gay. Fiddle two and a half from me. What about you? I gave it two and a half too. I think there is a way to do this kind of thing, to have it be wild and uh, not know where you are and still have a little bit more cohesion so that Mm. uh, we can understand the 
finale a little bit more. Unless the purpose was to leave you in a state of total schizophrenia, if you will. And if that's um, the case, five ooies, because you you, you did it. (laughs) You did it. But I do think that there's there's a few holes in there. There are some great shots. Again, that shadow bull shot was great. The sex scene was very fun. And, you know, it's it's nice to see uh, gay relationships on screen that. aren't toxic and shitty and they're loving and 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 interesting mm. and complicated as well um but yeah two and a half for me just give me a little smoothing out just so yeah. that my noodle isn't complete pudding but what are you gonna do anyways uh let's get out of this spring of water because it feels like pachamama is not happy with us right now ask permission please ask permission she will defend herself thank you so much for being here with us we appreciate you uh trying to make sense of everything uh we we thank you for holding our hands as we go along this journey Next week, I'm going to pick like the simplest baby you've ever seen in your entire life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, My next movie is definitely going to be Easy on the Noodle. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Get ready. Yeah. Uh, Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen in cualquier plataforma. Follow our redes sociales at Wikiroad on Instagram and Twitter. You can find all of our movies on our link tree, linktr.ee slash Wikiroad. Again, we beg you to send us all synopsises and all different hypotheses and every single yeah. one of your homework papers to Please. our Gmail at wikiorror at gmail.com. We will give you an A no matter what, just for reaching out. Oh, absolutely. Thank you to Sonoro for being the minotaur torso to our very normal human legs. You can <laughs> find them and follow them on their uh, social media at Sonoro Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And Johnny, if I were to have a symbiotic relationship like those trees, do a folia do become dependent to another psychotic person i hope it is with you i mean it's already happening that's uh, it's true this is what this podcast is (laughs) i fucking love you dude Uh, i fucking love you too and we'll see you guys in la próxima semana adios adios uy que horror es una producción de sonoro produced by jonathan atkinson and eileen clark edición y mezcla Karina Riverol. Escuche Uy Que Horror en cualquier plataforma donde escuchen podcasts. Subscribe, rate, and review. Adiós. Adiós. Sonoro. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.